Hey guys, this podcast is powered by Flow. Flow is a revolutionary app that helps athletes meditate and visualize their game to improve their technique and results. Visualization has been the key to hundreds of successful champions like Michael Phelps, Roger Federer, and Kobe Bryant. The app will be available soon on the Apple App Store as well as the Google Play Store. Further details are available on the show notes. Cheers. Hey guys, welcome to All About the Game with Satha and today we have Stacy Flulo with us. She is a two-time rugby world cup winner all the way from New Zealand. She talks to us about her journey so far, her experience winning the world cup and more about rugby. So stay tuned. Hi Stacy. Hello, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very excited to chat with you this evening. Great. And um, how's everything in New Zealand? New Zealand's great. Um, I think we're pretty lucky here. We've been able to, we've been out of lockdown for a few months and we get to play sport again. I know not many countries around the world are back to normal yet, um, but very lucky here. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we get news. I mean, uh, you guys were one of the best countries, you know, to conquer the virus. So, well done. Yeah, well, I guess we're not the, the biggest country, so it was easier for our Prime Minister to contain. But, yeah, just just love it. Sure. And, um, okay, has your training started? Yes, I've been training for a couple months now and I just started playing again um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, actually. So I've missed it so much. Um, I miss traveling and playing on the international stage, but we have a pretty strong domestic and club competition here. So yeah, yeah making the most of that. Sure, great. So, okay. Tell us, when did you get started with rugby? Yeah, uh, I was actually a late starter. Uh, I didn't start playing rugby until I was 15 years old at high school. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I played a lot of touch and netball, two of the two quite popular sports, I guess, as a kid here in New Zealand. And once I got to um, high school, uh, our school team made up a girls' rugby team and my friends joined, so I thought I'd join. Sure. I kind of knew the sport because my brothers and my dad played pretty much every weekend growing up, so mm-hmm. we had to watch them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when the opportunity came for me to play, I, I was all in and absolutely loved it after my first game. Mm-hmm. Scored a few tries and probably never looked back really um, because it's led me to where I am now. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, yeah, talk to us about the rugby culture in New Zealand. I mean, when someone says rugby in India, the first thought that comes to our head is New Zealand. So why is it so popular <laughs> there? That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it is our main sport. And, I guess as a kid, it's probably ingrained in everyone's blood. I mean, if you go to anyone's house or backyard or just within the community, 
there's always someone who has a rugby ball on them. Mm -hmm. um, so as kids, you know, it, it's a cool social group to have um, kicking the ball around, passing a ball around. And I mean, the physical contact right. of tackling one another, I feel yeah. like, you know, you, you, you get a lot of happiness and joy out of smashing your friend or smashing your cousin. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's just instilled in our, instilled in our lifestyle from yeah. quite a young age. And although I never picked it up early, um, I know a lot of other young kids out there actually do. And we, we have quite successful rugby players and role models who oh. these kids get to look up to. Sure. Um, and I suppose, yeah, that helps. So big part of our culture. Um, it's a fun way. Rugby is not only a fun sport to play, but it's a cool social background. So mm -hmm. every weekend, going to hang out with your friends, playing this amazing sport and then afterwards talking about it catching up and yeah just, just having fun like it's it's a lifestyle rugby's a lifestyle for us here and yeah and mo most of most people here in the country probably play it yeah or if not play it definitely watch it <laughs> sure sure so um yeah you started at the age of 15 and you made it to to the college team uh, school team or college team and uh um when do you actually decide to get serious yeah um so I, I initially did just play for fun i actually when i was 15 i never knew who the black ferns were which is probably a surprise wow, considering okay. that the black ferns had won two two or three world cups already Mm -hmm. Um, and I had no idea. Like I didn't even know New Zealand had a national women's team. That's kind of how poor the coverage was back then. Right. Um, so I never really played rugby to dream of becoming a black fern and playing for my country. I played for fun. And it wasn't until the more I played, the more I got noticed. And then the more connections I made with people who thought, hey, Stace, um, you would be you'd be a pretty good rugby person player in future to play for our country. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. And once I learned about the different pathways that there was to becoming a black fern, I thought I could do it. It was pretty achievable. Yeah. Uh, so I, first of all, I had to make my provincial team. And at the time it was for Bay of Plenty here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, and after making that pretty much the New Zealand selectors watch our national tournament and you, you get picked up from there. Sure. So I got picked up um, when I was about 18 years old. Um, I moved I moved away from home because rugby in my region and the Bay of Plenty back then, uh, there, were, there wasn't many opportunities. So I had to move away, go and study at university and I played for another province, which is my province now, um, Waikato Rugby. And that's, where I first started properly training. Um, my first time going to the gym was when I was 18 years old. Right. My first time actually going out to the rugby field and doing fitness trainings by myself or with mm -hmm. friends. And it was from there that all the hard work started, you know, the nutritional factor. I used to love just going to Macca's or, or eating all this bad food. But in my head, I had a goal to actually want to make the Black Friends team. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't until I was about 18 and lucky enough, a year later, I 
actually made my do for the my debut for the black fans black fans so it was kind of fast actually mm-hmm. it happened fast for me um i'm very grateful obviously right. so uh, usually there's a lot of stepping stones to get there and it took me only a year to make it which is which is really cool um, but yeah that, that's a little bit about when i first started to actually be competitive about it wonderful and i feel what must have helped was that i mean you were already an athlete right like you mentioned you used to play mm. uh, some other sports as well so mm. that definitely yeah. helped right oh i 100% agree like as a kid you you play sport because it's fun you hang out with your friends and the amount of different skills and knowledge yeah. you can gain from playing multiple sports is you know it's going to be beneficial in the long run and i always tell people these days or young kids these days i wouldn't recommend specializing early because the more sports you can play the more skills you're able to cross code right. and connect with your specialized sport once you get a little bit older so from me playing hockey netball doing athletics playing touch like volleyball i played quite a lot of different sports sure well because it was fun at school mm. and it was um you know but i definitely think i learned skills from those other sports that's made me a better athlete and rugby player definitely definitely and uh, so stacy how how long do you train now i mean professional rugby player how long do you train yeah uh it varies so being in a sevens being contracted to the sevens um uh, compared to black friends 15s i uh, i get to play both luckily um yeah. when they when the schedules don't conflict and the tournaments are at different times but if i if i base it on a sevens kind of conditioning schedule we train five to six days a week we'll mm-hmm. always definitely get sundays off um yeah. and usually we get a day off midweek so it's either a wednesday or thursday and when i mean a day off it's more active recovery so kind of going out and doing a bike or mm-hmm. a little jog or yoga you know all those right. different things otherwise we train monday tuesday wednesday friday and a saturday morning session too and when it's off season the obviously uh, it's a different training regime in terms of intensity in terms of load sure. um but in in season you know it, it gets a bit more game specific mm-hmm. so yeah i train a couple of times a day and they're not long durations you know sevens is only a 14 minute game at the end of the day mm-hmm. so there's no point in going out and slogging for 2 hours right. for a 14 minute game Um so in relation to a seven session um an on field session for us would be out there for an hour maximum doing what we have to do and that'll that'll include warm up mm-hmm. um a little fitness block as well as a skill session right. uh, our, our coaches are quite understanding of short sharp intensity session more so than a long dragging on quantity session right. I, i hope that makes sense Um, yeah. but yeah that that's that's usually in the morning we'll get that session done and then in the afternoon we always get a lift a gym lift in so three gym sessions a week full body um targeting every 
muscle part, mm-hmm. muscle in the body. Um, and that's usually around an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the day and when, what part of the season we're in the game. So, yeah, that, that's a little bit of training sure. schedule in that sense. But on the flip side, when I go and play 15s for the Black Ferns, they are much longer sessions. They're not as intense, but yeah. I guess when you're playing 15s, you've got more players around you and you've right. got more more things to cover because it's an 80-minute game compared to a 14-minute sevens yeah. game. So uh, I'm I'm pretty used to being able to adapt and change my different training sessions to whatever mm-hmm. focus, whether I'm focusing on 15s or whether I'm focusing on sevens. And people try and say it's rugby at the end of the day, but to be really honest, they are two completely different sports. They both target different um, heart rate intensities. Mm-hmm. One's 14 minutes, one eighty, one's 80 minutes. So right. it does take a bit for your body to adapt. Um, but because I have transitioned multiple times in my past, for how long have I been playing? Five, six years now. Yeah. I, I, I'm quite used to it. Um, at the start, it was a little bit hard and... You know, as a young athlete, it could be it can be tough on your body, but I yeah. think I've definitely adapted to the different um, training sessions. Mm-hmm. Right, definitely. So, what what do you prefer, sevens or fifteens? <laughs> I always get asked that question. <laughs> um, I love both, honestly. I mean, sevens right now has more opportunity in terms of tournaments and traveling the world, which is why. Here in New Zealand, Black Fern Sevens are full-time, professional. You have to live in the same town and you're training together Monday to Friday as a squad. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas 15s, it it hasn't quite reached that stage yet. It's still semi-professional. There there are great contracts, but probably not enough to live off by themselves. They have to have another job, you know, to kind of make their income Mm -hmm. and weekly schedule work so yeah 15s is definitely getting better and I love it um but there's just not as many tournaments mm-hmm. um just yet oh, I'm just quite lucky that we get to play both I know in some countries worldwide like England and Canada they have to choose sure. between sevens or 15s yeah um but but here we're quite lucky we we still get to to play a little bit of both <laughs> That's great. That's great. And uh, yeah, I was doing a bit of research and uh, wow, you you had a bus accident in 2011? Mm-hmm. What is that? I did. Yeah, uh, it was pretty, it was a terrifying experience. Um, I mean, no one ever wants to be in any crashes and I, I remember it vividly. Uh, I was one of the oldest on the bus. It was actually my first year I started playing rugby um, mm-hmm. and it was towards the end of that year. So, you know, I, I was enjoying my rugby and I was, I was playing everything else though and when the crash did happen and my first thought, um, I kid you not, was will I be able to, will I ever be able to play sport again because mm-hmm. I had these two injuries or two deep gashes to both of my legs and mm-hmm. pretty much couldn't walk for quite a while. Um, but I mean, the body bounced back and the injury wasn't long-term. I think I was out for maybe two 
two to three months, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a scary experience in terms of being in a situation where there's like multiple kids around you, scared, crying, mm-hmm. very young, have no idea what has just gone on. But being the brave kind of person I was, you know, I was calm, helping them out and whatnot to make mm-hmm. sure they were safe. Right. So yeah, it, it was a scary experience, um, but learned a lot from it. Um, and at the end of the day, I was still able to get back out on that field a couple of months later. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And uh, yeah, must have been a life changing for you. And um, good. Yeah, well, I I yeah. guess that. Yeah, I guess for me, that was probably one of the biggest or first big challenges in life for me. Like, I hadn't experienced anything like that. And then growing from that experience to another one, just realising and understanding that there will always be challenges along the way. Um, But it's more so about the way you adapt to those challenges and react to it that's going to make you a better person at the end of it and I mean being a professional athlete I know anyone in the world who is in my position can understand that injuries non-selection anything like that it's disheartening but it's a part of being professional and it's all about learning to be resilient to be mentally tough about it and not not just being all kind of sad and sulky about it. Like, that, that ain't going to change anything. It's okay. more so about the way you adapt to it and, you know, learn. Just learn from what has sure. happened and make sure it never happens again. So, yeah, that was probably the start of sure. one of the biggest challenges as a kid. Definitely, definitely. And uh, so, Stacey, I mean, uh, this was obviously a life challenge, but... Um, have you had challenges in rugby that you've faced adversities or challenges of any sort? Or has it just been free-flowing? <laughs> I wish, I think, if anyone's sporting life has been free-flowing, I'd be very, very reluctant to hear that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely not. Um, there's always so many challenges and the big ones that stand out for me would be my body. Um, I've had a few big injuries in mm-hmm. my career and I'm still only 24 years old, so I've still mm-hmm. got quite a few years ahead of me, I hope. <laughs> um, I've had a shoulder reconstruction. I had a wrist surgery last year. I've had a knee surgery. And those have put, that put me out of the game for quite some time, like led from six to nine months. Sure. And as an athlete, that sucks um (laughs) you know you work so hard you make all these sacrifices and you you can see yourself getting somewhere or becoming a better player and then injury hits and you're back to square one yeah um it's hard because you're on the sideline you're watching everyone play the sport you love getting better and you're just kind of nothing that that's how it feels when you get these big injuries. I mean, but for me, I've done the process now a few times, like 
getting injured that it, it doesn't really the, it's shattering at first like you know you, you the initial thought is like damn it I'm injured mm-hmm. but my mindset now has changed to be so positive that you can only control the controllables I couldn't control getting injured but what I can control is getting back sure. to my same physical and mental state and actually knowing and understanding the processes to take because it's happened before Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually take it now as a positive, like, oh, good, um, I can't control that. But what I can control is stuff outside of my injury, like making time for my friends and family who I hardly get to see or making yeah. time for study because we know rugby isn't going to last forever. I, I need a career pathway when I eventually stop playing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just putting my mind at ease and trying to find things that I can do instead of what I can't. Um, that, that's probably been my biggest learning yeah. and lesson being an athlete is always find things you can do, not what you can't. Sure. Um, yeah. Sure. So who's influenced you? Do you have family that has you know inspired or influenced you or do you have role models yeah there's a few different people Mm -hmm. um family is always my number one uh i didn't really mention it at the start but as a younger kid growing up i grew up in a really rural area Mm -hmm. So on a farm with all my cousins, lots of family, everyone's auntie and everyone's uncle because you're all at each other's houses all the time. And mum and dad didn't have stable jobs. So we Mm -hmm. weren't the wealthiest family, to be fair. Um, They struggled to pay our fees for sports things. So we did a lot of fundraising events. Mm -hmm. We had to rely on my friends and my family my wider family to get me to my trainings because mum and dad had to work at night time. Sure. Like all these different things, they've helped me. Although mum and dad never had much, they always supported me as much as they could. And, and they're a big part of my motivation in terms of making them proud and helping them or giving back to them because they gave it all to me when, when I was a younger kid. So family, for me is everything and um, they're definitely a big part of my motivation and a few other role models I had one teacher in particular um, growing up at high school and he kind of took me under his wing and he he knew I was talented and he kept me on the right track making sure that I was I was playing sport and having fun but also making sure that my academic side at school was pretty good too Sure. Um, so he actually told me the quote you can only control the controllables and back then I, I didn't quite understand that as a kid I was just like oh yeah okay mm-hmm. but looking back now and thinking oh I, I truly understand what he means about you can only control the controllables right. so yeah that he was a big role model for me um, and uh, I have to mention my older brother <laughs> he um he he's quite a smart and intelligent person and he's always he just always has the right advice like I can go and talk to him about absolutely anything mm-hmm. and he just always sees it from a from a different perspective to right. me right. and it just makes me think 
like ah yeah I would have never thought that so yeah a, a few different role models that I've looked up to and who have helped me along the way I mean I can name many more but those are probably a few main ones wonderful wonderful so you've won the world cup <laughs> not a joke <laughs> yes <laughs> incredible and um tell us about it i mean what is your mindset like before the tournament and how was the experience yeah um it was amazing i was only 21 at the time of world cup and um i was still still kind of fresh on the scene like i made my debut in 2015 and we only had a couple of tournaments i think i played three tournaments that year right and then in 2016 i got my big injury my shoulder reconstruction so i didn't play any international test in 2016 Mm-hmm. So leading into 2017 which was the World Cup uh I was still kind of fresh and I was a little bit nervous because I didn't have much experience um but grateful for the coaches that they saw I had enough talent to still be able to perform even though I didn't have that experience and to be fair like that position that year was quite open in right. terms of um you know there were only a couple of us going for it so i was quite lucky in that mm-hmm. sense um and yeah being named oh, amazing feeling everyone wants to go to a world cup sure. i mean especially a rugby world cup yeah and i mean that was the first kind of highlight and the second highlight was all the way in ireland um a country i never thought i would go to um mm-hmm. but grateful that rugby took us there. Right. When we got there it was just awesome, you know, different people, the culture, food, the, everything. It was an awesome time in Ireland. Um the three weeks we were there. And I I say this all the time, but I'm like you you have these little stepping stones, so making the team, making the Black Ferns squad in the first place is pretty cool, especially here in New Zealand because everyone wants to wear the black jersey. I mean, oh. it's our pinnacle sport. Yeah. Um and then being selected to go to a World Cup, that's even more special. So many people trial to go to it and only 30 people get named. So mm-hmm. very special that I was one of the 30 and then another stepping stone is actually making the 15 or making the 23 and I was blessed to be, to start at Brilliant. number 13 for most I think all five out of six games that we played. Mm-hmm. Um and then to actually win that right. literally the icing on the cake. I mean <laughs> the feeling was crazy the atmosphere was amazing like the crowd was horrendous and it was loud and I think Iran thought England were going to win because I don't know if you know from the previous World Cup we actually got knocked out New Zealand I mean I wasn't in the squad then um yeah. of the playoffs so they didn't actually make the final in England um they won the 2014 World Cup so they were favorites I guess going in and for us to win and beat them um was pretty special because 
let's be honest, Ireland is super close to England, and they were much more supporters for England there. <laughs> nice. um, but we we obviously braved the crowd, and we stuck to our game plan, our system. We were all so close, and yeah, we pulled it off, which, which is a memory I'll I'll never forget. Best feeling ever. Wonderful, wonderful, and uh, yeah, this I really need to know. What happens when you do the haka, and does it really give you that energy and you know power when you do it? How? What is the experience? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, here in New Zealand, our indigenous culture is the Maori culture, and yeah. the haka is a big part of that. Um, it's a way for us to express our culture, our feelings, our emotions, and to to perform the haka before every game for Black Ferns, I mean, pe- I don't think people really understand how special it is and people don't really know the meaning behind it. And I mean, my, my brief meaning to people out there listening would be that it's it's more so a respect thing and it's more so about laying down a challenge towards the other team Mm-hmm. Um, and actually respecting them um, it's not about scaring the opposition you know and it, it's not about being loud and aggressive and cheeky sure it, it's more so just it's more so just embracing our culture our indigenous beliefs um, because here in the Maori culture because I'm actually Maori myself um, yeah. Yeah. a lot of our ancestors and tikanga and our history behind it, it it's it's very rich, the cultural meaning. So, yeah, uh, performing the haka for us is about embracing that. And, oh, I love it. Like, I get goosebumps about it because we always get asked <laughs> about why the haka so important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just when when I'm out there and you're doing it and you're, you're loud and um, you're representing your country, your family, your friends, it, it definitely gives us an extra energy boost. I mean, sure. what better way to start a match than doing a haka to lift your, your spirits and your energy levels mm-hmm. through the roof? Um, so, yeah, it, it is a special part of New Zealand and who we are. I mean, I know there's so many people, different cultures out in the world, like the Pacific, our Pacifica people, you know, they do their little sievers with their little... Um, uh, what hula skirts, and then you have the Irish who do their tap dancing, and sure. like you know, it, that that's just the importance of our country and having that kind of um, item, I guess, to be mm. able to perform and showcase on the world stage. Right. That that's very special to us. So, yeah, it it, it definitely is more so about connecting with our opposition. Not not scaring them, not at all. Sure, sure. But uh, you know, uh, as yeah, as fans, and you know, when we watch it on YouTube and on TV, we can literally feel the energy. You know, even though it's like miles away, mm. and watching it through a screen, and but we still, <laughs> as fans, we get goosebumps, and you know, it's crazy. <laughs> like so much energy. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. We're- we love it. We're just so passionate about our nation and our culture. So that's our way of kind of 
pursuing it. <laughs> great, great. So, um, what is recovery like? Like, uh, you all, you guys get a lot of hits, and then during the uh, game, and then mm. what is recovery? Ice baths and swimming pools. So, what what do you guys do? Yeah. Well, I think. To be fair, in the last probably five years, recovery has been more so important than the actual training itself. <laughs> like, um, like you said, we get a lot of hits, and your body your body is gets taxed from all this physicality and strength work in the gym. And especially being a rugby player, you don't just focus on one component of fitness. Mm-hmm. You have to be strong, you have to be fast, you have to be fit, you have to be agile, you have to be flexible. Like right. there, There's so many different things that you have to focus on. You don't solely just focus on one thing. Um, and yeah, physios and stuff, they, they drill in us the importance of recovery. So stretching, um, rolling, ice baths and even now like there's so many different other different mechanisms like I do yoga mm-hmm. because everyone thinks yoga is hard I, I, I love yoga I mean it, you get your stretching right. and it, it's a place for you to reconnect with yourself your body right. and you, you mentally refresh you you don't think about anything else but your body like mm-hmm. it's a cool way of mindfulness for me to stop thinking about rugby stop thinking about life zone into my body and at the same time get the benefits of the stretching component of recovery um there's now float therapy um i'm not sure if it's in your guys country but here we have we have float pods where it's pretty much a a bath or a big kind of pod full of i think it's about 500 kgs of epsom salts or something and magnesium and you're just lying there for an hour relaxing and there's so many benefits to it to mean again mindfulness mentally refresh away from our busy lives and also the salts on your body is obviously healing our muscles and stuff um that's another recovery mechanism saunas spas yep um where there's also i'm actually doing another thing called red light therapy Mm -hmm. um it's huge in america um but i get in a couple of couple of sessions a week which it's a it's a form of recovery that accelerates um muscle healing so it it speeds up the recovery process in the body to get the right nutrients back into the different muscles that that need to recover um so yeah there, there are multiple things that are available to us now massage um mm-hmm. you have those little uh, massage guns that's another form of recovery like there's so many things now because i think back back in the day um there wasn't much technology around and stuff and people never never done this and the game the rugby game itself has evolved so much like it's so much faster and there's so much more physicality that we actually have to look after our bodies too instead of constantly training and training and then getting injured or burning out. Um, so, yeah, all important things. I mean, the active recovery too, everyone thinks it's just going for a walk or going for a bike. 
you can get it in so many other ways. You can get it from going surfing. Mm-hmm. You can get it from going to golf because essentially that you're still an active part of recovering. Right. Um, so yeah, we, we always have multiple options and I mean, everyone's individually, everyone individually chooses what works best for them. Sure. When you become an athlete and you understand your body with mm-hmm. what works, what doesn't work, how much time, some people need more time than others. Like that, that's just the way it is now. So yeah, self-understanding really. Sure. Sure. So what has rugby taught you at the end of the day? Oh, that, <laughs> I could, I could go on and on about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what rugby has taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned so many lessons from rugby um, uh, f- from teamwork um, learning to, to work with um, other people I'm actually I'm actually looking at my website now and there's a segment on there about the different things I have learnt yeah. so on my about segment, segment it talks about my life lessons and uh, I've I've learnt heaps. So on here, I'm, I'm just going to read it because it makes so much sense. Um, I say professional sport has helped me sh- help shape me into the person I am because it's contributed not only to my athlete abil- abilities but my personal development too. Mm-hmm. So I say on here, from non-selection, I've learnt humility. From injury, I've learnt resilience. From training hard, I've learnt mental toughness. From traveling all around the world, I've learned about compassion and about different cultures. From training constantly with my teammates, I, you learn about the importance of work ethic because essentially, you know, you don't want to let them down. It's a team sport and right. you all have to be all in if, if right. you want the results and the success as a team. Yeah. Um, from different, we're constantly in the media. So from the different media interviews I have been exposed to, it's given me more confidence, sure. not only to be able to speak in front of a camera, but to be able to speak to young kids growing up, to right. be able to speak to my friends, my family. Like, There's so many different positives from that. Sure. Um, and I guess from playing rugby, you, you learn the simple skills of discipline, enthusiasm, professionalism, and dedication. Like, there's a whole list of different skills I have learned. And if it wasn't for rugby, I definitely don't think I'd be who I am today. Like the skills learned, the knowledge learned, the people I've met, the connections I've made along the way, mm-hmm. rugby has exposed me to that. And from those connections, it's going to be, it's definitely going to make my transition into normal life, you know, not being an athlete when I can't run or, in rugby, uh, I can't keep up with all the young guns coming through. Yeah. Um, I've learned all these skills and all these different values that transitioning to work with a different workforce outside of sport, I think will be quite easy for me or easier mm-hmm. than not having that athletic or sporting background. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry to go on and on about that question, but it's taught me so many things and I'm just extremely grateful for rugby. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, um, that's, that's great to know. I mean, you have a list and, um, 
I'm probably <laughs> you read that often and uh, just remind yourself, right? Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, government support. How is the New Zealand government? Uh, well, it's funny you say that actually because they've actually just, if I can remember correctly, um, the sporting body here in the government has just injected, I think, $2 million into women's rugby. Uh, I mean, female sport. And um, so obviously we have the world, we have the world cup here next year. Yeah. We have the cricket world cup here next year too for women. And we also have the football world cup here for women in 2022 or 23. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Can't quite remember what year it is. So yeah, they are, they've, the growth of women's sport over here has just grown and rapidly like in the past five to 10 years. And they, they, they've, un, they can see the bigger picture and understand how much exposure it's actually getting. So they are giving, I guess, more revenue into it. And um, so yeah, that, that, that's a big news coming out of New Zealand that they're actually investing and they're understanding that they need to help us in specific ways. So there's support behind women's, not just women's rugby, but women's sport in general here oh. is massive. It, it, it's definitely getting more recognised and um, I mean, it, it's going to be beneficial for us now who are playing sport, but definitely for the younger generations coming through who will have more opportunities come definitely. future. Definitely. And uh... How's the popularity now with, um, you know, in terms of women's rugby? How is it and uh, how do you think it can become, you know, even bigger and more accessible? Uh, in, in terms of it here in New Zealand, it is definitely growing, mm. um, but it, it, could, it could get better and I think a big way they could do that is having more home and home tests right. like we we have our local club competition and then we have our local domestic competition which is awesome but i mean i think people could inspire aspire to be a female rugby player more if oh. there were more international tests here and i i actually think it's growing more in other countries worldwide than in new zealand which, mm -hmm. which Probably doesn't sound right because it is our number one sport here. Right. Um, but yeah, we're we're such a small country, and they're, they're still competitive. Other competitive sports like netball and soccer, like right. some some girls just grow up and they don't like the physicality that mm -hmm. rugby brings, so right. they go and play these other sports. It doesn't involve that. Right. Um. So yeah, and I guess you can't force a kid to want to play a sport. They've got to actually enjoy it. Sure. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. But, I mean, if we had more opportunities to go into schools or to do more community things with them to mm -hmm. change their minds, that, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So, anyway, any advice you have for the ones who want to get started? Um, yeah, uh, my biggest advice, um, I, I love quotes and 
it's what I this is what I live by every single day is that nothing worth having will ever come easy. Um, if you want to try a sport or rugby in general, there's going to be so many challenges, obstacles, and hurdles along the way. Um, but it's not about getting upset. It's about embracing those challenges and and learning different things from from those hurdles. So, I mean, even becoming a sports person in general, there's always going to be so many things that hold you back or, you know, bring you five steps back. But it's more about finding those different ways, those processes to move six forwards six steps forwards, you know, to, to kind of defy all odds. So for me, it's just understanding that if you really want to achieve something or if you really want to do something, you have, first of all, you have to be really passionate about it. There's no point in choosing to, choosing something to do if, if you don't enjoy it and you, you, you don't have that true passion for it. Yeah. Um, so that would be a big one. And, and then secondly, just knowing that, if you put all the hard work in, if you make the sacrifices, if you do those extra trainings outside of your own, when no one is watching, um, then you will definitely get reap the rewards and get benefits from it. So yeah, just that that's probably a big piece of advice for me is knowing that it, it will never be an easy road. Um, if it was easy, then everyone would do it, but not everyone yeah. does it. So yeah. Right. That, that, that's mine. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Stacy, we will not take any more of your time. It has been an <laughs> honor. <laughs> Thank you so much. No worries. Um, I guess I just want to add one more thing in there about um, I've just recently uh, written a book. Yeah. Um, so if people want to learn a bit more about my journey, um, who I am, where I've come from, it's not a, it's not a huge book. It's not your autobiography type. Mm -hmm. um, I actually created it in New Zealand for the younger generations coming through. Um, kids, kids these days, especially with so much technology around, right. they don't really like reading. And right. I thought, well, if kids could read something about, um, people and kind of relate to it to try and aspire to be role right. models in the future or achieve big things then it might help them like it might it might make them want to read instead of yeah. you know just finding everything on social media these days <laughs> so I do I do have a I do have a new book um, if you know anyone interested you can go and purchase it on my website www.stacyflula.com um, the book is called Stacy Walker because that's my maiden name and it's more so about my journey in the past when I was a Waka right. <laughs> currently married and it's very recent <laughs> but yeah um, yeah thank you so yeah that that's um, I, I send all around the world um, not sure how long the shipping processes will take with this COVID-19 situation, but um, yeah, it, it will definitely get to you. And if you're interested, go and check it out. Sure. Um, guys, I should have the link to the book on the show notes. So please do uh, check out Stacy's book and uh, order it. 
and um, Stacy also um, why don't you share with us your Instagram handles or LinkedIn or where people can get in touch with you yeah so I'm mostly active more so on Instagram and Facebook um, they're both under actually my Insta Instagram handle is under Stacy Walker. Um, haven't quite changed it yet. <laughs> right. And my Facebook one is um, Stacey, my athlete page is Stacey Flula, and then it's got Niwak on the end of it. So, yeah, pretty active. I do have a Twitter account. I think that's under Stacey Flula. Um, I, I don't post too much on that. <laughs> Mostly an Instagram girl. Right. <laughs> but, right. yeah, find me on there. Check Great. me out. Great. So, guys, all the links are going to be on the show notes so you can follow her journey and um, watch as she goes ahead and does bigger things. Yeah, there are a few things in the pipeline, everyone. I, I am, I, I might as well share it now. I'm in the middle of creating an online program mm -hmm. for people all around the world to learn from me, I guess. Um, I, I'm a bit of a busy person. Yeah. Uh, not only am I a professional athlete, but I have so many different other things outside of rugby that I'm doing. Sure. Um, I study, I'm a TV presenter. Um, I'm doing my own online business and mm -hmm. I'm an athlete. So yeah, you can see I, I juggle quite a lot of things and yeah. my program is actually going to be about balance because okay. I think I balance my commitments quite well and yeah that, that, that's something in the pipeline um, if you're interested again obviously keep an eye out on my website because all my all my social media handles um, there's big things coming <laughs> sure sure and Stacey do share it with us and uh, we'd be happy to share it uh, amongst all our Indian audience awesome. and all the groups wherever we are so Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stacy, and uh, take care. Hope to see you, and um, maybe one day we can uh, meet and uh, you know discuss further. Definitely, and I just want to add that I'm so passionate about traveling, and I've always wanted to come to India because I know rugby is. It's still growing there, which yeah. is all good. Um, I met I met um Shweta. I was a part of the uh, Unstoppable campaign at World Rugby last year, and I met Shweta Shahi, who's from India. She was the 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 um, representative from your guys' country, and uh, I I would just love to come and visit you one day. So I hope in future we can make it work. <laughs> definitely, definitely, and. Um... Here's a coincidence. We used to go to the same gym. Really? Oh, wow. It's such a small world. <laughs> Incredibly it's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. She's an awesome person. <laughs> she used to wear the India jersey. So I, I knew uh, she wouldn't know me. I, I play tennis professionally. Um, so I used to ah. have my eye you know, on people who, you know, wear the Indian jersey. And so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> she used to work out there. Oh. Crazy, crazy. Look at that. Very small world. <laughs> All right, then I'll see you around in India then sometime. Oh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Bye. See ya.